I hope you pray for your deacons. <clears throat> Their men represent this body of believers and so many issues, things that we do. Um, why have deacons? Why have them? Many people do not seem to understand why uh, there are deacons. Some churches I've known have failed to appreciate this office, which is in the Bible, just as much as John 3.16. If there are pastors, and they're biblical, there are deacons, and they're biblical. They're both in the book. And so there's pastors out there for some reason or another, and they got all kinds of reasons. Uh, the church is run by the pastor and him alone. I've lived long enough to see some atrocities because of that. Personally, my wife and I have seen two pastors come in a group of people, run off all the deacons, run off most all the people, sell the property and take the money. It could happen here. This property is worth probably $3 million. And a guy comes in and has put nothing in it. And he comes in as a wolf, you understand. He, don't, he comes in as a sheep, excuse me. But he's a wolf. And what's going to stop a guy like that? He wins over friends. He's usually real winsome, very friendly, real winsome, and a guy you just like to like. But his motives are wrong. And he begins to do this or do that and alienate these. And, and for, if there's a board, he'll try to figure out some way to get rid of the man. And then he begins to run off the people. Because if he gets down just to he and his wife, there's nobody to stop him from putting a for sale sign on the property selling it. I've seen it happen twice in our area. Calvary Baptist Church out on the beach was sold for $1 million to Shell Oil Company. He took all the money. Uh, Bonita Beach Road, Randy Ralston sold that building and property for $550,000, which he did not build and did not pay for. And he took the money. We here at Gospel tried to stop that from happening. We offered him $200,000 if he would walk. That means if he would just walk away from the property and let us have it. We felt like that would at least save it. Our, our vision was to put Vicente in it. There was a house there and a building, and it was beautiful. Who built that? Jim McCullum, Ernie Stewart were the two main contributors to building that. Two and a half acres right on Beach Road. Now there's some sort of gym or something. Um, so bad things can happen. And you must be wise as serpents, but gentle and innocent as a dove. We don't think evil. We're not, but we need to be ready for it. And I believe one of the reasons why God instituted, and by the way, God instituted deacons. And um but these, some of these pastors, I call them ignorant pastors or malicious, either one, will brag about not having deacons, oftentimes demonize them as something bad. Now, there are bad deacons, and there have been bad people. And just as well as you get a bad pastor, you can also get a bad deacon. You can get somebody who's a wolf in sheep's clothing as a deacon, or you can get a wolf in sheep's clothing as a pastor. And we've had a wolf in sheep's clothing uh, try to... Uh, come into this church and divide it. We've had that. Three, four, at least three or four 
through the through the years. Um, but we're commanded and given an example by God to have deacons, and I think in any healthy local church, there will be deacons. But in, and I'll admit, recently it's become harder and harder to find what I call biblically qualified deacons. That is, deacons that, that have the qualifications mentioned in the Bible, which we're going to read here in 1 Timothy chapter 3. You may want to you know, put your finger there. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, as well as Acts chapter 6, verses uh, 3 through 6. Uh, but there are very specific qualifications for deacon, and they're not that much different than for a pastor. The qualifications being deacon are not set by men. This is one thing I want to get real clear up front of this. The qualifications in the Bible are not set by whim of men, by the wisdom of men. If, if the section in, in Timothy here is not of God, then, then you can't trust anything else in the Bible. It is of God. It was God breathed on Paul's instruction through this man who wrote some 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, but yet of God, and has been sealed as being so for some almost 20 centuries as we're on this end of it. And so uh, it, it becomes harder and harder to find men uh, above reproach. That's pretty big, above reproach. But now, our deacons are not perfect, and all their wives said. I mean, the deacons are not perfect. Uh, the, the Bible never says they're to be perfect. It just says above reproach. In other words, either from those outside, if we had somebody from the outside, if we nominated a deacon, let's say, or even voted him in, he became a deacon. And uh, somebody from outside had credible information that he had cheated or on, in his business or he had not paid his taxes, he had cheated the IRS, it was, then he would be disqualified as a deacon because he has to be from, above reproach from the outside. But you give him a fair shake. You wouldn't just take somebody's word for it. You'd investigate it, make sure it was a real deal. So the qualifications are high. Tonight, I just want to briefly go over the biblical reasons. It's important to have deacons, but not to, I'm not going over the qualifications, which I have in a couple other times, maybe three other times through the years. But in any biblically obedient church, the, uh, the church should have deacons, if all possible. Let's read real quick, and then I'll make a few comments. Likewise, my must deacons, this is in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, Likewise, must deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Let these also first be proved, that takes time, and let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Fine. Even so must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be husbands of one wife. That just means one wife as one as opposed to two. It's not multiple wife type thing, but it's one. There's two. Do I need to go through this? There's two words for one. And this this word here is like one wife for life is what you could, you could translate that. Um, ruling their children, their own houses well. That's where them children. I used to tell my son, he was uh, able to bring take me out of the ministry when he was under 18. I think once he get 18 or an adult, you may call that 20, 
I don't think at that point they can do that. So I think under your direct care, if you allow your child to do that, rebel and don't discipline them and don't don't correct them, you disqualify yourself. Uh, obviously, if you can't rule your own house well, how in the world can you rule in the church of God or make decisions for the things of God? And I think that's common sense there. For they that have used the office of deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree. Look at that. And great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now in Acts, beginning of the church, we see another case here. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Uh, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer under the ministry of the word. That was, of course, the apostles, and saying, please the whole multitude. And they chose, the multitude chose, they voted. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and they chose Philip, and <coughs> Prochorus, Nicantor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, <coughs> the first seven deacons, whom they set before the apostles, when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So that was the process. We've tried to follow that. Uh, the word dekanos or dekaneo simply means to be an attendant or to serve. The word itself means to serve, uh, to wait upon. Uh, technically, act as a Christian deacon. You're a minister. You serve. You use the office deacon. Now, let's mention the word deacon some 37 times in the New Testament. That's a lot of mention. Now, if I may say, the meaning of the word to serve may, some people may say, well, what in the world to serve? Do you realize, I mean, you read the New Testament, that's the highest call. Paul identified himself as a servant. And he used the word doulos in Greek, which simply means born and forever to be a slave to Jesus Christ. So he says, Paul identifies himself and is not ashamed of it. He's, he's lifting himself up by saying, I'm a servant. A doulos of Jesus Christ. So to say that to, uh, the word dekanos or dekaneo <clears throat> means to be a servant is by no way an insult or a lowering of the position is an exalting of the position. Uh, because my, oh my, Jesus was himself. The highest calling of any believer in the Bible is to be a servant. There really is no place in God's house for ego and pride and self-promotion. That's of the world. That's not of the Father. We're called to promote Jesus Christ and lift him up. But God has made these two offices uh, in the New Testament church. The one office is uh, known by four different names, pastor, elder, bishop, or shepherd. That's the position I have been called to by God, ordained to by my fellows. Um, the deacons define our passage in the second office with qualifications very close to the pastors I mentioned before. Uh, these deacons do not grow on trees. They are, not, they are relatively rare, often older in age uh, and experience, uh, publicly blameless from reproach, uh, married to one wife for life until death do they part, full of the Holy Ghost. To me, that's the highest of them all, full of a man, full of the Holy Ghost. Whoa, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, willing to serve, and work with the pastors, willing to take, and I got this on my own, willing to take some heat, uh, willing to be uh, disagreed with, uh, uh, 
I think the old, the old saying is agree to disagree. Deacons can't be a guy who, if you disagree with them, they go and throw some sort of fit and hold a grudge. And, and, and they can't be that kind of person. And you gotta be, you got to be able to be disagreed with. You know, I know that you believe your opinion's right, and, and so do I. The Bible says it. Every man's right in his own eyes. I mean, we all think our opinion's right. Well, how are we going to work around that? Well, we're going to just use the collective wisdom of the body, hopefully. And by the way, through the years, I've learned one thing. The body of Jesus Christ has the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Pretty, pretty amazing how all of you collectively demonstrate the wisdom of the Holy Spirit by the way you vote and act. What is the function of a deacon in the local church? This is what I really wanted to get to. The function. I believe there's five major functions that I've been able to find of the deacon in a local church. First of all, deacons are for collective wisdom in decision-making. Uh, we make, as a board, a lots of decisions, lots of decisions. Uh, you want to put lights out on I mean, some of them are just technical decisions. Do you want to buy this? Do you want to put lights here? Do we want to have one more bus? Do we want new buses? Do we want to roll them over? Now, all those decisions come before you. But before, before, when we built this gymnasium, it really stresses, uh, well, when I say stresses not necessarily in a bad way, but you really use that wisdom and decision-making when you build something because there's 100 decisions you got to make. What color are you going to paint it? How high is it going to, you know, I mean, just all these kinds of decisions. Sometimes that can be divisive. Imagine that. <clears throat> We're talking about changing this carpet out. It's got bubbles in it. It's delaminate. And it's eventually, it's, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not the emergency, but we need to change the carpet out. Now, hurricane season on us again. We got a roof patched and we don't have a new roof on. I'm wondering whether we ought to wait till after hurricane season how to repair the carpet because, you know, put new carpet in and have the roof leak. And, be a bad thing, amen? Those are decisions the deacons make. Those are decisions collectively these 10 or 11 people together look at and say, do you think we ought to do the carpet now and do it later? Do you think we ought to get the roof placed now? Do you think we ought to wait till after the hurricane season? Do you think, you know, da, 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 all those kind of things. They may never come before you, but if we spend over $2,500, uh, surely that comes before you. And you, you, because you're the ones and all of us together. And by the way, all of the deacons are contributory in every way you can be contributory to the local body. So the money they spend is their money, like, like those gift certificates. I hope you guys like Olive Garden. But uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And I've seen it, absolutely. Proverbs 24, 6, By wise counsel thou shalt make, Thy war, and in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. I know you're going to have a hard time believing this, but I've been wrong a few times. There was something came up years ago. One of our members was uh, behind the scenes, bad, bad. He's not. They're not here. You don't know who they are, and I won't name them. But they were bad. Can you believe that bad mouthed? They were bad mouthed me to some folks in the church. You know, trying to undermine. And, and the work here, and, and I, I met with them two or three times and said, please don't do that. And, you know, they didn't listen. They kept doing it. And, and uh, I, I, I told the chairman of the board, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick that guy out. I'm gonna kick he, and, he and his wife out. They're, they're hurting us. They're detracting from us. And it's, it's just not, and I'll be honest with you, I was angry about it. This uh, chairman of the board said, preacher, 
let me come over to your house. Now, he had never been over to my house the whole time I knew him. So I knew something was up, you know. What a social thing. So I said, man, yeah, okay, come on over to the house. So he came over to the house, and he said, Brother Bill, I'm asking you not to do that. And I said, Brandon, you know, I really, I really think this is the best thing to do. I mean, because I was having a hard time thinking I could possibly be wrong. And uh, he said, no. He said, I'm going to tell you why I think it's unwise, and he went through his reasons. He says, for my sake, would you just not do that? I said, for your sake, I won't do that. And it turned out to be the right decision. It was just the right decision. And, and, and that's the collective wisdom. No one guy carries all the wisdom. No one guy has all the answers. No one guy has all the wisdom. And you start putting 10, 11 heads on something, and one guy will go, hey, I got an idea, and we'll go, wow. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And 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 we did that with a building. The building was a accumulation of a bunch of different ideas. And, and by the way, what you don't see is also some of the ideas uh, of what happened. So there, the, the, uh, if you've lived a while as a deacon, and you need to have, you proved yourself honorable in your dealings in business and in the work and outside in the world, and your Christian walk and there's, uh, is honorable, uh, then you, you, you are one of the men that would qualify to be a deacon. You've held positions in the world. Most of, most of the time, deacons have held positions of responsibility. They have proven integrity for sure. Uh, they, they need to be soul winners. What I mean by that is soul conscious. They need to be out some way or another trying to tell people about Jesus. You know why you got to do that? You know why that needs to be there? Because it gives them compassion. When you're out trying to win people to Jesus, you're not critical of other folks that are out doing the same thing. You know, you, you're out trying to win people to Jesus. You know what's going on. You know the resistance out there. You know how folks. And so it helps you have a kind of a, a heart of compassion for what these folks are doing over here and what these various ministries are doing. And so our deacons are soul conscious, uh, soul winning uh, uh, conscious. They're evangelistic in their, in their efforts. They're Bible readers. Oh, God forbid that you get people in here don't know the Bible. I, I talked to a man years ago that, that was a deacon for many years. He said he never had read the Bible through one time. So you just can't assume that people read the Bible. You just don't want to do that. We don't. We ask our men to read it with us. I read it, by the way. I'm a leader. Leading does not mean to drive. It means to lead. And so I'm reading it. My wife's reading it. Oh, yeah, we're out there doing what you're doing and asking you to do it with us. So. By the lives of these men, by their works and their words, they help the pastors in guiding and supporting the local church in its ultimate mission. We together lift up Jesus to all men and edify by the grace of God to save people that get saved. Second, so the first function is wisdom. Collective wisdom together is just, just a good thing. Secondly, deacons are for encouragement. Encouragement. I know you may have our time believing this, but pastors can get discouraged. You can get flat out discouraged. I mean, you just don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and I don't want you to. But but there's a lot of attacks against pastors, a lot of attacks, personal attacks, um, that would discourage one. And and so deacons are kind of the 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 uh, the guys who hold the arms up. Aaron and her, 
of Moses. They kind of hold the arms of the boy up and say, here, keep it up. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Don't get down. Keep going. Uh, there are times when preachers, and I've seen it happen, preachers get so discouraged they'll just resign in an emotion. And eventually it turns out that shouldn't have happened. Uh, but they did it in emotion. And pastors can get down. But I'll tell you, deacons, one of the functions of a, pa- of a deacon is, is encourage your pastor. Uh, the people and the community of the of the church of of the community for Jesus. They encourage not only the pastor, they encourage the people as well as encourage the community. It, does it encourage you to see that group of men up here? That encourages me. There's two who are not here. But that encourages me. Uh, they have a team spirit that prevails with it with a good deacon. He's willing not to have his way, to be flexible for the sake of the team. In other words, he won't sacrifice the whole. For something he wanted. You with me on that? You know, there's people out there that if they don't get that one thing they want, they'll they'll kill the whole thing. They they literally will kill the whole thing because they don't get it. If if I can't get what I want, I want to kill this whole thing. Brother, what we're looking for is people who care about the whole. They care about the babies, the new Christians, uh, as they come in, that they have a place where they can worship and have stability and peace. The team spirit is beautiful. The deacons, uh, deacons, uh, if one of his functions, he's willing uh, to listen to the coach. What am I? I'm a coach. Uh, You can liken me to a captain of a ship or to a coach of a team. I've been designated to be coach. I've accepted being coach, and I've been placed as the coach. And so what kind of team would you have if nobody listens to the coach? I ask you, the coach asks you to read your Bible. The coach is asking you to read your Bible. You're on the team, right? Read your Bible. I don't want it. Read your Bible. It reminds me when showing them or coaching them kids and make them do laps. Them kids never want to do laps. Get out there and do some laps, man. Those kids don't go, well, I ain't going to do no laps. And they're on the team. The kids out there, they say, I don't want to do laps. They go do laps. I remember my coaches, man, they used to run us and run. I thought, I didn't know. I said, what is this? Is this track? No, it's football. But yeah, but you run, 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 run. Mets coaches made us do all kinds of stuff. Wouldn't let us drink water for two hours. On and on it went. But we always obeyed the coach. Unless the coach told you to do something wrong, or the coach told you to do something that you just knew was wrong, and against God, you'd obey the coach. Just trust him. Or And guess what? If the coach didn't have a winning season, what happened? Didn't have a winning season for enough times, what happens to the coach? The coach is gone. Get a new coach. Well, why you got the coach? You do you help the coach, encourage your coach to coach, to be a good coach, so that the team wins. It's about the team. In the end, we have some kids come to our school sometimes. A teacher, a teacher's a coach. She's a coach over the kids she's given. And we'll have we had this one kid I brought in. That's always my fault. I brought this one kid in. I thought he was going to be really good. And he had curly hair. Called him Curly Top. He had a little curl right here. Nice looking hair. But anyway, uh, I brought him in, and that teacher, man, that kid would not obey verbal command. He wouldn't obey. He wouldn't do what the coach said. He wouldn't do what the teacher told him. And so we brought him in. We went through the process of bringing his parents in, his grandma in, and everybody in. The kids got to obey verbal command. You can't be here. You got to obey the coach to be on a team. And and you know that kid never got that. We had to kick that kid out. I just saw his, his. I just saw him in McDonald's, and he was flunking here. He was flunking, 
and his, his grandma came to me and she says, oh, he's in public school now. He's getting straight A's. What do you think? You think all of a sudden he got a case of brilliance? That just shows you the difference between us and public school. Public school kids getting straight A's, so everybody's happy. Buddy, you get straight A's, everybody's happy. Trouble is, they're not learning anything. You just want a piece of paper say you got a, you got a diploma, go to public school. But you want to get something that means a difference, you come to private school. Thirdly, so, okay, let me go back. Number one, wisdom, collectively. We need them. Number two, we need them for encouragement. Their consistency and their honesty in their life in every direction, they encourage us. Thirdly, a deacon is an example to the younger man of what you shoot for. I don't know if you older men understand how younger men look up. When I was young, yesterday when I was young, when I was young, I was 28 when I came here, and everybody else was older than me. And I'm going to tell you, I looked up to these older men. I looked up to Jim McCullum, and I looked up to, to Ernie Stewart, and I looked up to uh, Dick Carr, and I looked up to George, or George, uh, yeah, yeah. I look up to Bill Jackson. He's much older than I am. I, I, look, I look up to these older and I looked up, and I said, boy, I'm glad they're living for Jesus. I looked at their marriages. And happy marriages are an encouragement. I like to see you old people be happily married. Because we young people, we can see the handwriting on the wall. Meany, meany, tickle you, fire us in. We can see that. If something don't change, we ain't going to end well. I mean, I just, my wife and I looked around at each other one time and says, it's good to see these old birds actually like their wife still. It gives me hope. Yeah, it's good to see you, old, old folks. It, it's encouraging for us young folks to see you, you, you old birds married 50, 60 years. I'm going to be 50 years here in about three years myself. But it's good to see you married 50 years, 60 years. Man, that's encouraging. These young married, look at us. You do look. And when we fail, you notice it. Oh. No couple gets divorced or no couple knows. Then the young people go, whoa. And now why wouldn't that be true with deacons? Deacons, same way. You look at these men, how they doing? How they doing? They're being consistent, doing right, you know? Well, we see these deacons out door to door. It blesses my soul. We see these deacons going to evangelism efforts. It blesses my soul. We see deacons doing bus ministry. It blesses my soul. How about you? Yeah. We, we, these deacons are an example of young. They're godly deacons full of the Holy Ghost and, and, and will enable and promote younger men to be deacons. By the way, uh, we need you younger men to be deacons. We need you. The church needs you to be deacons. They need you to be honorable men. Be, these men be literally shining light we can look up to. And we can help, they'll help, they'll help by example, train folks to take their place. You realize 20 years from now, and 20 years to us old folks is not a long time. To you young folks, that seems forever, but to us it does not. How many people in this room will not be here 20 years from now? Well, the people that will be here, this will be your church. Meaning the inheritance of the ministry here at the gospel is yours. And we want to 
pass, the, as it were, the baton to you. And we want you to hold, this is a sacred baton. And it was passed to me. And I've taken the baton, and by the grace of God, I've tried to keep the baton and do even better if possible. And you folks can do better than we've done by the grace of God. It doesn't have to fail. It doesn't have to let a wolf come in and take over and ruin it. don't have to be that way. But you've got to be willing to step up to the plate. No more two days of camping all the time. You know what I mean? Some things you've got to give up for Jesus' sake. And, and, and you know, reading your book, memorizing Scripture, going to some soul winning, man, that's all good for you. By the way, good for your family, too. The fourth thing I see is deacons, the Bible says so clearly, are for service. Willing to help where it's needed. Willing to give where it's needed. Willing to be there and to be present in service. Uh, and if I may say what, brother, what Mrs. Camrad said the other day in bus meeting. Willing to be all in. She says, I'm all in. Man, you couldn't encourage me any better. I'm telling you that. Now, we're hoping your husband gets that way pretty soon. But you couldn't encourage me any better saying, I'm just all in. Now, folks, you could have sat down after that, and I just about did me a little ditty, little dance. You ever see me dance? You ever see me do the moonwalk? I mean to tell you, I just wanted to get up, do me a little dance. And she said, I'm all in. I just can't be any more encouraged in knowing you're all in. Be all in. Put your hand in the plow. Don't look back. Don't look back. And that's one of the things the deacons encourage us to put their hands to the plow, and they're all in. And these men are all in. Lastly, one of the favorite words of any sermon, lastly, deacons are for stability and rescue. And I saved the last, the first and the last, wisdom and stability are some of the these are massive. Now, this is massive here. The deacon, one of the fun, one time we had deacons meeting, and one of the deacons says, well, what's our function? I said, okay. One of your functions is if I drop over of a heart attack, that you do not allow this thing to spin in chaos. You say, you mean, your presence here makes it, it, I make a difference. In other words, without, you've lived long enough to know that without leadership, there's chaos. Imagine the military without leadership. In every, they go down to 12 men, down to a sergeant and 12 guys, platoon leader. They have leadership on all different levels. Why do they do that? Because they can take, move 500,000 men from here over to the Persian Gulf, and all their equipment, and actually everything makes it. And they reorganize over there in the Persian Gulf and can wage an organized war over there. Now, brother, that can't be done without leadership. That has to have a strict, clear, functional leadership. And the church, we are at war, and we are soldiers of the cross. By, uh, declared by Scripture. And so it makes sense that, no, that every church needs leadership, and not just on the top level, but on, on other all kinds of different levels. And so the deacons are the, you people that are into computers know what a rescue file is or a rescue 
uh, email or a rescue. They got to rescue emails. If something just blows out, they email. Who do you want me to email to tell you the whole thing's blowing out? Rescue email. And the deacon board is, is a, in, in some degree, a re, has a rescue function, which creates stability during a time of, of leadership change. Because in any church, you have certain people uh, like me. Two people say yes, please. Certain people like me. Certain people like Barrows. He got more than I did. I mean, that's because he hadn't been here long enough. So, you know what I'm saying? Certain, there's there's, there's a certain people like Moon. That's right. And so when the when the when the top guy dies, you can have well, we want to, you can have, you can split right down the middle, right down the middle. This group goes for this guy. This group goes for this guy. And when you lose your unity, you've lost a horrible thing. I mean, a wonderful thing. It's horrible to lose it. And the devil just sits back and goes like this. Ah, division. But Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. You know, America cannot stand if we stay divided. We will not last if somehow, somehow, somehow God doesn't unite us back again. Our time, our days are numbered. And a church cannot survive without unity together. So a deacon board, when a pastor dies, or if a pastor uh, goes heretical. I mean, if I got up here and said, you know, I've rethought the thing, I think women can be pastors. The deacon board needs to meet and say, preacher, do you really mean that? I say, oh, yeah, I mean that. You say, you're fired. Do the old Donald Trump. You're fired. You say the board has that uh, power. They do. Now, it will be backed by a vote. They'll come to you and say, this is why we believe we ought to fire the preacher, because he's heretical. He's wanting them women to come up and lead the whole thing. That's about 90% of the churches out there today, by the way. And you know it's not biblical. Here's the reasons. Here's what the book says. And you guys vote, support your board. And, and the guy that, that was heretical leaves. And you just save the work. Rescue the work from instability. And so at that point then, the deacon board also is used to find another guy. Brother Moon's up in uh, Sheboygan, one of my favorite names, by the way. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And the uh, pastor up there resigned and left short, quick, boom, two weeks, gone. And they were like, no pastor. And the board met, the board, the stability met together and says, okay, let's find another guy. And they put the word out. I don't even know how we found out about it, but they put the word out. And uh, Brother Moon's up there right now. He's over the weekend. He's preaching tonight. He's preaching tonight. He's preaching Sunday morning. Taught Sunday school, preaching tonight. Uh, he met with him on Saturday. He's meeting with him tomorrow. Tuesday, he's flying out Wednesday with his whole family. They wanted to meet her. They wanted to meet the family. Uh, they, they know him by all that they've communicated up to this point. And they're just wanting to know, is this the guy for us, God? And they're asking God, as well as he is, is this the guy for us? And if it isn't, it's no problem. But that's the way you do it. And that board is completing their function. And that church is being rescued from, dis from uh, dissolving, really. And it could happen suddenly. And by the way, change of leadership almost always is sudden. It's almost always sudden. 
either by death or by misbehavior or, or by uh, sin, maybe the, the preacher commits, has to go, or um, his wife wants to move to Hawaii, the big island on the east side, you know, stuff like that. But praise God for a solid deacon board. It'll, it'll help the thing. And by the way, as members of Gospel Baptist, back them up. Back them up. God forbid that you divide among yourselves. Trust them. Now, they're not perfect men, but overall, they'll come back to you and, and, and be with you and help you, and, uh, and, and it'll work out. And God will bring in his time and his men uh, his man to the to the, to the to vision to where you see. So all of these are real possibilities that happen regularly to the local church. Uh, the, the, these these things that I've mentioned to you tonight, they're just regular and they happen. Uh, it's important. I can't overemphasize tonight the importance of godly deacons. Uh, they're vital. They're necessary. I personally think it's life or death. I did not want a pastor any church that did not have a solid board, uh, board of deacons or a, a group of men that God put in place. I told God that over and over and over and over again. God, I don't want a pastor without a good group of men. Please bring some men up that will help and get behind me and with me, and we'll put our hands together and make this happen. Please do it. Um, and I think that's why the Bible says uh, being a deacon is being a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a great office. It's a good thing to do. Here's a well, Brother Bill, maybe I, I don't meet uh, one or more of the qualifications of being a deacon. That's okay. You can do everything else that can be done in the local church. Don't, don't let that one thing that God says, for whatever reason he has, says you don't qualify for that. Don't let that one thing even bother you. Amen? If you somehow or another don't qualify for being a deacon, count yourself that you don't have to go to a bunch of meetings. Amen? You still have influence. You can still meet with the deacons that are there. You can still talk to them. The information is open to everybody. All our finances is open to everybody. All the information they know pretty much uh, is open to anybody and everybody. And so, oh, man, I tell you what, I wouldn't pine over that one minute. I say, praise God, he's given me a definitive answer, and I'm going to go down the road doing something else, helping the local church to survive. I hope this helps you some. You veterans that are in here tonight, you've heard this many times before. But I love our deacons, and I love our men, and I just so much want to see this church go past me. I love to see this church have their 200th anniversary. None of you will be here. But I'd love this place, this place in Bonita, to have a 200th anniversary of evangelism and getting boys and girls saved and getting out into the neighborhoods. Well, that wouldn't that be great? What if God Himself would be willing to do that? And that He would never write Ichabod across this place. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for these people. Thank you for these men that you've raised up, and I know where they come from, but you've raised up. Thank you for uh, all of the people of the gospel, the ones that put their hands to the plow and don't look back and make this thing happen. Thank you for collectively letting us function like this and for the souls that will be in heaven because we lived and because we existed. Thank you, Father. 
Father, give all of those that sail with us. Give give us all those who sail with us. Those people we these people we we bump into, the waitresses at the restaurants we go to. Save them, my Father. Give us their souls, uh, as it were, as Paul prayed for the crew of that ship. Give us all who sail with us. Save some folks this week. Father, may those gospel tracts have untold fruit. May there be people in heaven because of them. God help us. Bless the men that have voluntarily been willing to take this great office of deacon. Encourage them in it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.